Today on episode 22 of the Be A Marketer podcast, you'll hear from an owner determined to spread joy with his business. And I'm sharing why you may never be ready to start, but you shouldn't let that stop you from moving forward. This is the Be A Marketer podcast. My name is Dave Charest, Director of Small Business Success at Constant Contact, and I've been helping small business owners like you make sense of online marketing for over 16 years. You can be a marketer, and I'm here to help. Well, hello, friend, and thanks for joining me for another episode of the Be A Marketer podcast. You know, there was a time back in 2006 when Sunday night would roll around and I'd start to get sick to my stomach. Now, the reason was that I dreaded going to my job on Monday morning. You know, the temperature had changed there and I could no longer leave it at the office as I'd done for so many years. It made me grumpy almost all the time too. And as you might imagine, this dread and grumpiness started really seeping into other areas of my life. It impacted my relationship with my wife and my kids who were then two twin girls, if you're wondering, and they're 18 today, which is crazy. But anyway, my demeanor and attitude were no longer conducive to healthy family relationships. The consensus was something had to change. And so after many conversations with my wife, we decided I would quit my job and start my own business. Had I ever started a business before? No. (laughs) Was this an absolutely crazy thing to do with two-year-olds in tow? Probably. Were we ready to take that plunge? Probably not. But we did what we had to do, made it work, and it led us to where we are today. Now, maybe you've experienced an inciting moment like this when starting your own business. And I'm sure you'll agree that there's never a perfect time to start, but you did it anyway because it's what you needed to do. Today, your business exists, but you might find yourself waiting for the right time or perfect moment to take that next step with your marketing efforts. Throughout my conversations with successful small business owners and constant contact customers, I've heard the advice to just get started. And you're gonna hear it echoed again from our guest today. So in case you needed another reminder, remember, there's never a perfect time. You just have to start. It's the starting that gets you moving forward and where you need to be next. Well, friend, today's guest is Paul Beck, president of Paul's Beauty Warehouse in Capitol Heights, Maryland. This family business started in 2006 rose to meet the need for professional barber and hair salon supplies in the Maryland, D.C. and Virginia areas. Now, after successfully running three locations and growing to 45 employees, Paul had a health scare stemming from the events of 2020 that changed his perspective. Paul went into a deep depression before realizing there was more he could do to make a difference with the business. Now, in our conversation today, pay attention to what he calls the circle of joy which drives him in his approach to business today. I asked Paul if he had always wanted to start his own business. Let's pick up the conversation there. I believe so. When I was in high school, I used to sell candies and pager cases and things like that at school. And uh, I thought I was good at it. And I remember my very first job 
working in Circuit City, being a salesperson on the floor, I get so excited about selling product and making commission. And I always thought one day I'll open my own business. Amazing. Did you have any doubts when you guys were getting started? Yes, it was scary because you're on your own. Uh, there is no backup plan. Everything that you do, it is your full responsibility. So there was definitely some, a lot of scared uh, that we faced because we also had to take a huge loan from the bank that we were able to um, get a loan and be able to open up our own business. So how do you feel about, you know, you've been doing this successfully for many years now. Can you remember what that like first year was like when you were, you were having those doubts and getting started? What was that like? It was exciting, first of all, because uh, when we opened up our doors, people actually walked into the store and start purchasing product. To me, it was just couldn't think why they would come in, first of all, to buy your product, but they're actually paying money to you know purchase your product and we're able to replenish it, people coming in, buying it. So in that moment, it was just exciting time. And knowing that we're actually f- fulfilling customers' needs, that was exciting. Do you remember any of the first challenges that you faced as you were getting this off the ground? Our first challenge is, is definitely working many hours uh, in the business, I'm working seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. almost every day. That was really a huge challenge. In the beginning, was actually I was young and just working seven days a week was not a problem. But after doing it for you know, many years, it was definitely challenging in my body. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you deal with that now? What's different between now and then? I realized I can't do everything by myself. You do have to work with the team. We have to hire people. And get people involved and trusting others to work with you. And that's one of the things that I learned is this business is not my business, it's our business. And working with a group of good people is, is so important and recognizing that and actually giving credit for what they're doing. How long before you started hiring people? Like how big is the team now? We have 45 employees now. We have three locations. Right now, I could never go back to doing something by myself. Working with the team is the most important part of, our, of the business. Actually, that's been one of my uh, joy, working with our team, working with people. And how long before you started like hiring? Like When you first started, was it just the three of you, or how big was the team when you started? Uh, since the beginning, first year was my mom and I and one other employee. And then after about two years, we started hiring more and more people. And my mom actually retired in 2004. And that's when I started hiring managers and uh, setting up different team of leaders in, in our business. And that's how we started growing. What led to that decision to open up new locations and how far apart were all of those? So new location, we, we felt that what we were doing was the right way. Uh, so we opened up three more locations on our retail stores. And so we opened that up. And it was majority of them within three mile range. Uh, we wanted to be something close by. So we actually had three locations total by in the 2006. Gotcha. Now, if I'm not mistaken, you also do... I'm assuming at each of the locations you do like training, like you do professional service, like training, like that type of stuff for, I guess, barbers and stylists and those types of things, correct? And then you did the e-com part of your business. Is there anything else that's involved in, in how you, you guys make money there? Sure. So retail business, we actually sold off all of our retail business because we wanted to focus on our wholesale Paul's Beauty Warehouse business. So retail business, we no longer do. All of our business now is for trade only professional salons and barbershops. So you're right, uh, we do education as one of our key to our success, having education department. We have a education director who does training for licensed professional styles and barbers to just advance their skills. So we bring our customers into the training in our each of our locations, we have a training center. And we call ourselves uh, Costco for beauty. Uh, we <laughs> let 
professionals come in <clears throat> in a big warehouse setting, yeah, uh, big carts, and they'll buy products for the salons and barber shops. And also another big business that we do is school. We sell products to schools, trade schools. Uh, that's licensed training for upcoming cosmetologists. Gotcha. What would you say is your biggest accomplishment with the business so far? Accomplishment is where we are now and what we are looking ahead. Actually, right now, there was an aha moment back in 2021 after pandemic, realizing that this market is so much bigger than what we could imagine. And we wanted to focus on not making money, but making people beautiful. We call it circular joy. We look at everything holistically now, looking at what part of job our team is doing, what part of our job that our customers are doing, what are our vendors are doing. So we actually look at everything because at the end of the day, we want to have a beautiful people walking around the neighborhood. So we want to make sure that we supply the product that, that's right for the neighborhood. What would you say are your kind of top priorities with the business right now? Our top priority is actually learning about our customers even more and what their needs are. And also thinking about our team members. I don't call our I call everybody team members because they are part of our team and they're working together as, as one to making sure we accomplish what we could bring joy in our beauty and joy in our industry. So we continue thinking about how can we be a better company to bring right product at the right service to our customers so they could do their job right. Because at the end of the day, the hairstyles and barbers who cut your hair, your wife's hair, your girlfriend's hair, or you know somebody's hair, they need the right tools, right supplies, so they could do their work correctly. At the end of the day, that's then you know the people who look at themselves in the mirror and feel the joy of this craftsmanship that uh, the styles and barbers do, done that they feel to share, sparking the joy together. What do you see as? your main challenges right now to kind of accomplishing the things that you would accomplish from this moment forward? You know, the biggest challenge I think I'm having currently right now is really learning about what our industry standards are, what are the teams and what are people doing to make sure that they could do their job correctly. Uh, meaning that right now, a lot of the, the companies, and a lot of the, I guess the industry people are so confused about different trends because there's social media is really telling them what they should be doing. And what's happening is, is that people are confused about what products are really good for their customers. And people jump on board real quickly to different products real quickly. So what do you do then? How do you, I guess, how do you educate people in, in the things that they're supposed to use? Like, how do you get that in front of them? Like, you know, for us, it's consistency. We want to be consistent in our, our products that we, we offer to our customers. And also, we be, we're honest with them. We do our due diligence to make sure the product that they we're offering is a product that is professional grade for the customers. And you source everything, right? So you're not, you don't create any products. Is that correct? Or So we do have our own brand of products. We do have our own brand of products, uh, but we do 90% of our products are sourced from bigger manufacturers to local manufacturers. Got it. You know, as you're talking about the team and, and building that team and getting to the point where you are now, do you have any processes in place to make sure that you're just hiring great people? Right now, we don't have a process per se, uh, but we do look at different traits of our team that who's coming in. First of all, customer focus is our number one goal. And so people who are really friendly and who are motivated to do a, to do, go and beyond their customer service. Gotcha. What would you say are your strengths when it comes to running the business in your particular role? I'm a people person. I, I want to care about others and making sure that our team is taken care of. Really put people first before money. And that's something that my strength is. Would you say, uh, are there any... Uh, any weaknesses you have when it comes to running the business? The weakness I have is, is that I am 
not as well versed in organizing. Uh, so I, I, that's why I know my weaknesses on organization. And so I make sure that the ones that who are good at organizing takes care of that part. I was going to say, so you look to fill those gaps and hire people that could do that stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yep. What would you say a typical day looks like for you in the business? My day starts around five in the morning. Uh, I do my devotion, really get myself really set in place for the day. And I start my day at work around eight o'clock in the morning. I sometimes do start my uh, day at, at home office or I do go into the office around eight o'clock. And really, my end of my day ends around six o'clock at night. Um, that's when I, I kind of close everything else because I do have young kids. want to devote my time with them. So there could be a meeting, five, six meetings a day, or it could be one or two meetings a day. But majority of the times I am dealing with team members and also our, our uh, vendors. What would you say is the biggest thing that you've learned over the years that that helps you today? Over the years is consistency and also look at our industry, just continue looking at what we're doing with microscope because we know that there's always much more things to learn about and making sure we look at ourselves as, oh, we know everything, we don't know everything. It's always changing and especially with the trends, there's so many changes going on with social media. So we want to continue looking at what's happening in the industry, what are people are talking about, what are some of the, the, the mindset of our customers, even the way they shop. COVID really threw us off because we were more brick and mortar. Uh, we opened up our e-commerce uh, during the midst of COVID and that really opened our, our channels. You know, we develop our app, we have our website and now we have our e-commerce site uh, is part of our business now. Couple of things. So first I wanna start with, you know, you, you mentioned consistency. So what does that word mean to you? Like, what does that mean in your business uh, to be consistent? So I remember challenges of thinking about how, uh, how can I expand my business? So. One of the people could keep asking me, you should go into retail store or you could you should open up to retail customers or you should get into skincare, you should get into nail polishes or nail care and so much more that they could do. But I tell a lot of my people, I said, we, we are eyebrow up. Our business is above eyebrow up. So consistency on focusing on our hair care products is that's where we, we're focusing on. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, when uh, the pandemic stuff happened in 2020 and you had to change some things, like, I guess, talk me through that process a little bit. Were some of these things, things that you were thinking about already and maybe just didn't have the time to do? Or was it like, you know, like, okay, you were resistant to it? Like, what was that whole process to get you to where you kind of had to pivot, right? We did. We were very fortunate because 2019, we opened up our third location. It's a huge warehouse we opened up. So we brought a lot of inventory in and the 2020 March was our first year anniversary. So six months back, we started accumulating a lot of inventory for our grand one year anniversary. So we had a whole bunch of inventory in the hand. And when pandemic happened, when government tools was shut down, we were, we thought we were in huge trouble because we had six month inventory, best selling items in our, in our warehouse. So we said, Oh, we can't sell none of these. We're going to be going out of business. But within two months, everything opened up and people needed products and we had the products. And so we actually let customers know by email blast, uh, let people know we have the product and we opened up our website and we had our curbside open. So we were just bombarded with customers coming in and got to know us a little bit more because everywhere in town knew that we had products. So we were, they were coming. So there was a lot behind it. But at the same time, we had the team ready to go. We didn't lose not even one employee during COVID, but everybody stayed on and, and you know everybody came in and did a fantastic job working. So in sense that we, we cared of our, our people, 
uh, that they actually stayed on when when things bad came along that they, everybody stepped up and did their job yeah that's great uh congratulations to you for <laughs> you know being able to, to to weather that so well so you mentioned you know doing e-blast to your customers and things like that i just before we get i'd love to get into some of that stuff specifically but before we do i'm just wondering what is your point of view on marketing in general like what's your relationship with it so marketing has been one of the number one um really driver of our business when we are here even though we know that we're here customers don't know people don't realize that Paul's Beauty Warehouse is where they should get their products. So we have to consistently let customers know. And I tell team members, I say, yeah, everybody knows Coca-Cola, right? Yeah, they do. But you, how much do you think they spend on their advertising? I don't know. I said probably multi-billion dollar advertising marketing. Why? Because they consistently have to let people know that they're there and their product service is there. And so I tell our team, I said, whatever we do, we have to consistently to our um, advertising, to marketing. You know, we have three-part strategy. First, taking care of our customers well. So the word of mouth, uh, I, I still think the word of mouth is very important. But email has been one of our driving forces too because a lot of customers see our email blasts and see what what specials that we have, what education does offer. So email blast has been one of our big marketing tool. Our social media, our Instagram, our Facebook, and our YouTube videos. So those are the three part strategies that we have is, you know, in person. And we also do mailers. We mail out, we mail out marketing uh, flyers to our customers. Where does the role of community come into all of this, if it does? It does. It really does. And we, so we realized that giving back to our community is huge, important. And when I say circle of joy, there are four parts of circle of joy. First of all, our customers, us as a supplier, our vendors in our community. So, you know, the three parts of the four is that where we have to work our beauty, but at the same time, we have to take care of our community. So we give back to our community. So when pandemic happened, whatever supplies that we have, any sources of hand sanitizers, gloves, we're able to allocate some of the supplies to give to our community, back to our community. We So we gave, I believe, 10,000 boxes of gloves to the women's shelter because I know they really needed that. Uh, we, hand sanitizers, we gave to organizations that hand out uh, hand sanitizers to, to the homeless. So we want to make sure that we take care of our community well also. Gotcha. So I'm curious, what brought you to Constant Contact? How'd you end up with us? The backstory behind it is I had Yahweh email. So I wanted to send out an email announcement to our customers. I think we had 200 customers that I wanted to send out an email. So I clicked on every one of them and I put hand typed all the customers' uh, emails of my uh, Yahoo email that's pushed send. <laughs> and I get a notice of being a spammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said, this is not the right way of doing this. So I start searching for a different way of uh, sending out emails and constant contact came along and I said, you know what? This is a great tool. And I mean, it was a really easy platform. It was easy to use. And so that's how we started. I think we started with like 300 email customers. Now we are 14,000 email list. And so we've just been growing and growing in our email blast. And we're not marked as spammers. We were, they go into the customers' inboxes. I love that. It's so interesting, right? Like, so, well, a couple of things to your story. Like a lot of people start that way, right? They're trying to do these things manually. They realize, okay, wait, <laughs> can't do that. And then also the whole spamming thing. But also, you know, you started with about 200, 300 customers. Now you're at that 14,000. What are some of the things that you do to, to build that list? How do you get those people on your contact list? So for us, it's consistently having with different events and capturing customers' email through events. Our, and also our, our team at the front, 
we get make sure that their email list is uh, consistently correct. So if there's any bound, we get reports of which are are not a really good emails. We'll flag it on our system to ask our customers to please update your emails and making sure emails are valid. I love that. You know, one of the things that you have going on, I mean, you used a few parts of the the program, right? So you're using email, of course, uh, using the social posting. You're also using events. But can you tell me about uh, the events you run through Constant Contact? So we did have a big annual show in our local area. We brought in about 2,000 customers to come to a big event hall. And we did a beauty show before pandemic. Uh, so we were consistently, we had seven years in a row, we would do big events. Uh, we would get customers in, bring vendors in and do a big beauty show uh, around September. Unfortunately, we have to postpone that now because of still not everything settled. So starting next year, we'll probably get back into doing big events like that. But we do local events. So we do small events like customer appreciation events. We do monthly, we do education events and we do uh, events that are in store or outside the store events. Gotcha. What would you say you like most about Constant Contact? I love their data, giving, showing us exactly what, what are the click rates, what are the open rates, and that helps us understand what are the interests of our customers and what are the unsubscribe uh, rate uh, reports that helps us understand what are the email blasts that people do not like. And because we could actually cater some of the emails to target maybe barbers versus hairstylists versus beauty school students. So we could understand that we could actually categorize some of the, the advertising to different parts of our customer base. And so that is really helps us out and actually knowing who our customer bases are and what emails are going to wear and how much importance are some of those emails are. Yeah. So I know one of the things that you do, and maybe you could talk a little bit about how you're, you create multiple lists, right? Because you have those different people on your list. So, so how do you think through that process? How do you create those lists? So we categorize really simply barbers, hairstyle of barbers, stylists, and beauty school students. And do you have somebody in that position doing the constant contact stuff for you? I mean, are you involved at all? Like, how does that all work out? Yes, I do have a marketing department head. Uh, her name is Joe. She helps uh, understand the marketing and she creates all the marketing and plus uh, develop all the strategies. Gotcha. Gotcha. If you had a tip for maybe a similar business or just a business getting started using constant contact, what would it be? Just do it. Start it. Email is still very relevant that getting the email out consistently to customers every week, share anything that your business is all about. That's something that all business should do. Well, friend, let's recap some items from that discussion. Number one, you can't do everything by yourself. When the time is right, you need to bring the right team on so you're no longer burning yourself out. As Paul learned, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. seven days a week starts to take its toll on the body. Make sure you've got the right people in place to sustain the business. Number two, don't be afraid to go deep into a specific area. As Paul highlighted in this discussion, the focus of Paul's beauty warehouse is from the eyebrow up. With that level of focus, he's purposely narrowing the scope of the products and services they offer so they can go deep rather than wide. And number three, even if you think people know you, not everyone knows you. Paul realized that marketing is the number one driver of business. You have to let people know that you're there consistently. The reality is not everyone is thinking about your business as much as you are. Don't be afraid to get the word out and do so consistently. So here's your action item for today. 
What's that marketing thing that's been on the list of things you wanted to do but are hesitant to start? Well, there's no better time than now. Perhaps it's getting into a portion of your constant contact account that you haven't gotten around to yet. Well, don't forget, you can pick up the phone and give us a call. You'll find the number right in your constant contact account. We'd be happy to give you a hand. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Be A Marketer podcast. If you have questions or feedback, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me directly at dave.charest at constantcontact.com. If you did enjoy today's episode, please take a moment to leave us a review. Your honest feedback will help other small business marketers like yourself find the show. Well, friend, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and continued success to you and your business. Mm -hmm.